the Bible Study Podcast, episode 502. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Ephesians in chapter 1. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're going to continue on where we left off at verse 15 of chapter 1 of Ephesians. We did the intro last time. If you did not hear that, you can go back and hear it. But we get on to thanksgiving and prayer. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Paul is praying for them. He's praying for the people in Ephesus. He says, since he first heard about them, so this may have been even before he went to Ephesus, those who came to believe before he was there, and certainly those he met when he was there, and even some who have come to believe since he has left. And it's an example of a great way to pray for people to support them in their faith. I think about this as an example of how I should be praying for the young men who come to the Bible study I lead in juvenile hall. He says he hasn't stopped giving thanks for them, first of all. They are precious to him, just as he talked last time about how we are precious to God and how God lavishes his love on us. As he thinks about these people, he is thankful. And That's not a bad place to start with our relationships, especially with fellow believers, because, you know, sometimes we're going to get on each other's nerves, but it's great to ground yourself and first think about all the things you're thankful for, of the people you're in relationship with, the people in your church, the people in your family, the people at work. What are you thankful for about them? He says, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray for you all the time. And I keep asking that God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Paul is a teacher. When Paul was there, he was always trying to make it so they would know Jesus better, so that they would know God better. And even when he has gone from them, he is continually praying that they will become wise, that they will know Jesus better. And that they'll be enlightened in order that they may know hope. Did you catch that? The hope to which he has called you. Did you know that you have been called to hope? You have been called to a relationship with God which gives us hope. We talked last week about the Holy Spirit being that kind of seal, that promise, that down payment of greater things to come. Just the fact that you believe in God, that you believe in Jesus, should give you hope for more, hope for better. Now or later, in this world or the next, we've been called to hope. And the glorious inheritance of his holy people, the riches of his glorious inheritance, that God 
does not hold back from us what he has. And I'm not talking about money here, although I, in my experience, God provides. But just everything he has, his, he's lavish in his love for us. Sometimes the most lavishly he shows us his love is through those people he puts in our lives. And I think that's one of the big reasons why we should be thankful is the people in our lives can be the greatest gift we will ever get. And we should treat them that way. But there are other things as well. The incomparably great power is interesting. Do we believe, as Paul does, that God intends us to have some of the power that he clearly showed in Jesus. Paul shows that. John shows that. Peter shows that. If you look through the book of Acts, we see powerful acts being done by the church in the name of Jesus. What Paul is saying here is that's not just for him. That's not just for John. That's not just for Peter. But that he desires that all of us can tap into that power that God wants to give us that mighty strength. And it goes on, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also the one to come. He's saying that's the kind of power that he wants us to have, the power that raised people from the dead, the power that raised Jesus from the dead and didn't just raise him from the dead, but put him seated at the right hand of God, above all rule and authority, power and dominion, above every name. Jesus is supreme over all those things, over your circumstances, over your politics, over your country, over your company, over your family, every rule, authority, power, and dominion. God has placed Jesus in authority over them. Not just that we should obey him more than we obey all the rest of those things, but that he has the power to change all of those things and gives us power to bring his kingdom, to make his kingdom come, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's not just a hope, Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he empowers us to be part of that solution. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Do you get the sense of fullness that he's trying to get there? Fullness of him who fills everything in every way. There's a fullness of fullness there. He's saying that Christ is over all things especially over the church, the head of the body of the church, meaning that all of the thinking should be left to him, or meaning that all of the decisions should be coming from him, right? Everything should go under him and under his authority. But there's that fullness, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Right? That's the same kind of image I'm getting here, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The living life in Christ should not be, is not supposed to be an empty life. We are called to a full life, a life full of people, 
a life full of love, a life full of hope, a life full of joy. We are called to fill up other people's lives so that they might have a life full of love, a life full of hope, a life full of joy. People who know him now and people who don't yet. We are called to bring them to that fullness in Christ, that abundant life that Jesus provides. And notice that this whole thing started with Paul is praying. And that should give us a little key to that abundant life that he is talking about. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, Search and follow the Messenger Movement podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.